goes without saying that every time you turn on the television or read in the paper, it seems that there's just one tragic event after another. This past Thursday night was just another example. Church, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that, for a lot of us, we're scared. We're fearful. We don't know what we can do. We don't know where we can go because we don't know what's going to happen. But we know who's in control. And after we see these tragic events, we ought to be reminded of the importance of faith, of the importance of this world is really not our home. We're just pilgrims, just kind of passing through. But while we're here, we have some marching orders from Jesus. And while we're here, he's instructed us to be salt and to be light and to be the best that we can be in the name of Jesus. And so this week, death has visited our church in the passing, the sudden passing of Helen Norman. It just leaves us numb, doesn't it? And all these thoughts have been going through my mind this week. And Thursday to watch the tragic thing in Dallas. And just this morning before I left the house, Chief Brown from the Dallas Police Department was begging and pleading, not just for Dallas, but for the, as a nation, to give thanks to those who serve and protect. Because even now, they're fearful. Even now, everywhere and every time they turn around, all of a sudden, they're the enemy. And yet they're the very ones who stand to protect and who stand to serve. I encourage you every time you see somebody who wears the suit to protect, tell them thank you. And tell them thank you again. We have those in our church family that serve and protect. I'm glad we have them in this church, aren't you? So I'm going to ask that we go to God in prayer this morning, as I know churches all over the nation are doing today, to pray for those who serve, and then we'll continue. Let's bow. Father, we humbly come before you this morning and we acknowledge you as our creator, as our father, as the one who looks over 
everything in this world. You are an awesome God. We are reminded, Father, that even in the midst of this world, while we live with tragedy around us, as believers, we look to you and we trust that you are alive, that you really are in control of all things. May we never doubt that, but may we just be reminded more and more that you still reign on the throne. And Father, today I lift up before you all of those in our nation who protect and serve us in whatever fashion, whatever way. And I pray for the families in Dallas right now that lost their loved ones in the line of duty. And I pray that only in a way that only you know how and in a way that only you can, I pray that you send comfort down to those families and may they feel comfort from friends and family and believers surrounding them right now and father as your children help us be reminded of the importance of faith and help us day by day to trust that your will be done in jesus name we pray amen and so as we think about events as we've been looking at in the Gospel of John, I want you to think about, again, all the different events that were going on in the time of Jesus. And as the disciples were following him, and as they were striving to, to learn and to listen and to obey and to do all the things that he instructed them to do, there were still those times where they just did not understand. Their faith was weak. There's going to be those times in our own walk where we experience the very same thing. But what Jesus did was not an accident. It was the way that he worked. Because he took all those events going on around them, whether they be good or not, and he used those as a way to springboard, as a way to jump off, to reel his disciples back in and say, hey, you may see these things going on, but let me tell you how it really is. And that's why he would say things like, I'm the bread of life, not what you see. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the gate. And if you really want to find life, you enter my way and you're going to experience freedom in that life, but you're going to be able to do it my way. He would use all those sayings and as he spoke those, he was speaking words of faith into the hearts of his disciples. 
And as we hear them today, he is speaking words of faith into our hearts. And of all the things that we see and hear and read going on around us, we need to be tuned in to God. We need to be tuned in to what he has to say about life. And oh, he says a lot, doesn't he? When you read his Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you see all the words in red, words of faith, words of hope, words of assurance, words that we can count on. And so you begin to realize that the path of following the Master is a difficult one. But you know what? Discipleship was never defined as something that was going to be easy, was it? When you, when you look at that very idea of discipleship, it carries on the, the word and the meaning of discipline. It carries on the idea and the understanding of not only do I have to be disciplined as I take on this life, but I have to submit my way of living to the way of Jesus. And think about how Jesus said it. He even said, not my will be done, but yours be done. You see, what made Jesus incredible, he stayed in touch and he stayed in tune with the Father. And so we begin to realize that every step that Jesus took was a step that God instructed him to take. And the steps that we walk in today, hopefully, are steps that Jesus has already mapped out for us because that's the path that we need to be on. Amen? And when we're on that path, when we're on that way, Jesus says in John, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And so what we are, church, now listen to me, we are overcomers in this life. Doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. Doesn't mean that, you know, there's not going to be another tragedy. There will be because we live in an evil world. We live in a world just like Jesus was used to where things don't always go your way. But as believers... We're called to realize that's not the way that we live. We are different. And the only way, in my opinion, that this world is going to change, it will change when Christians rise up and take a stand. It will, it will change when we as Christians do our part. And I'm not sure, again, this is free, this is my opinion, I'm not sure how good a job we've really done as a Christian nation standing up. It's past time that we do that. We fight. I don't mean with weapons. I mean we fight with our faith. And there's a big difference. There's a time and a place to have those weapons to protect and to serve, not the way they were used the other night, obviously, 
but we live in a time today where you make somebody mad, guess what? You run the risk, you hate to say it, but you run the risk of them doing the terrible thing, the thing that we don't even want to think about. You never know. But we live our life by faith. So I want to show you a couple of examples this morning. In John chapter 16, by the time that you reach that point, Jesus, his disciples are on what I call an emotional overload. Have you ever been on overload? I mean, at this time, they are confused, they are frightened, they're not really in a state to comprehend all these truths that Jesus is teaching them. And so in John chapter 16, he does something and he promises them something that I think is just amazing. He says, there's going to be a day, there's going to be a time where even though I'm not with you, you can still cling to me. And the way that you do that is this, I'm going to leave you my spirit. The same spirit that you and I have. And he even says in chapter 16, verse 12, I have a whole lot more to say to you, more than you can now bear, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. So in other words, I'm not going to put on you right now more than you can handle, because there's a lot, okay? I've put a lot on you, but you know what? In the future, as you're walking and talking and teaching, and I'm not present with you, my spirit will be right there inside of you. Think about it. Are there days when you do things and say things that you have no idea where that came from? Are there? Yes. Guess what? That may just be the Spirit working. It may be. We don't need to doubt how God's Spirit will ever work in our lives. We need to trust it. We need to believe it because as Jesus is telling his disciples, it will guide you into all truth. Doesn't mean that more teaching's coming. The teaching's already there. What it means is he will guide you into understanding it more and more. So every day of this life, when tragic things happen and when things take place in our heart where we just don't know what to do, you know what Jesus is calling us to do? Lean on his spirit. That's what he asked the disciples to do. Maybe we need to catch on to that. And so if you back up a couple of chapters in, in John, Jesus is about to face the biggest test of his life. If you go back to chapter 12, beginning in verse 32 and 33, he knew he was about to die. He's on his way to the cross. Okay, He knew his hour had come in chapter 13, verse 1. And then in about verse 33 of that same chapter, he knew that he's about to go away. You know where he's going? He's going to his father. And he knew that he didn't have much time to live. 
And so in the midst of all of that, knowing what was coming for him, you know who he's thinking about? He's thinking about his disciples. I mean, you think about it. If you knew you were going to die in just a few days, and you know what? I can't believe I'm fixing to say this. You might, because we don't know. And I'm not trying to scare you, but, but seriously, we don't know, do we? You know, we want to live forever, don't we? Well, forever is a long time, right? But think about this. When your body wears out, and it will wear out, look around. Some of you may be thinking, mine's already there, okay? Speaking truth, speaking reality. But here's another reality that is beautiful. This body wears out you get to trade it in for a brand new body. Nobody else can offer you that kind of deal. Nobody but Jesus. And so he knew he's about to die, and all these things are on his mind, and yet he still is thinking of others. He's thinking of his disciples. And so there in about John 15... He says, you need to abide in me. Look at verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. And then verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Abide in my words, abide in my love. Look in verse 11. I've told you, this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete don't abide in what you see going on around you abide in the joy that i'm giving you i mean church think about it he doesn't just give us that just because he wants to he gives us that joy because we need it we need more of the joy of the lord than anything else right Abide in that, he says. And then, in about verse 26 and 27, look at this. When the counselor, who's the counselor? The Spirit. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you must also testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. In other words, abide in what I'm leaving you. Abide what's going to be placed inside of each one of you as my children, as my believers. Abide in my spirit. And as we abide in the spirit, you know what? Yes, we can still mess things up. I mean, think about it. How did the disciples do with this? Well, Judas failed tragically. Peter failed for a little bit, but then later on, what did he do? He repented of it. He grew. Well, I tell people, if you stop 
with Peter at the Gospels, you have really messed up. If you keep turning the pages and read First and Second Peter, he got it. And he spoke great words of revelation that touched his heart. And there are times, just like John and others, they were faithful till death. And that's what he calls us to do. Be faithful till death. Be faithful till death do you part. And so how, how are we doing today? How are we doing leaning on Jesus and trusting in his spirit? And I'm going to ask it on a couple of levels. How are we doing as a church? And how are we doing individually? The two go hand in hand. Because individually as his disciples, when we're growing and abiding in Jesus and in his spirit, it will have an effect on the church. How are we doing with that? Every day is another opportunity that we have to grow and to mature as believers. Every day is a day that we are just called back to reality that this is not where I belong, it's with Jesus. And when he's guiding us and he's leading us, he will always lead us into good places. Greener pastures, as Psalm 23 says. And so, look back in John 14. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Look how the Spirit works. John 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father... And he will give you another counselor to be with you, what's the word? Forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. He's referring to the spirit. The spirit is a helper. He'll be the spirit of truth, and he is there for all believers. And in chapter 14, verse 26, that I read just a moment ago, that same spirit will teach us all things and help us remember what Jesus said. I mean, the spirit works in ways that we cannot even begin to understand but we're called to believe it. And then over in John 16, but I tell you the truth, verse 7, it is for your good that I'm going away, because unless I go away, the counselor, talking about the Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. 
in regard to sin because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. In verse 12 he says, I have a whole lot more that I want to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. He's not being selfish at all, is he? I mean, he wants to share. And the things that he's sharing with us are beautiful things that help us, are beautiful things that remind us don't put hope and trust here. Put it in the one above. God is alive and God is in control. And even in the midst of the tragedy Thursday night, some amazing things have already taken place. That's because God works in that way. And so, what we are called to do is we are called to believe in these words now I want to read to you some lyrics right now from a song by Brooks and Dunn a song called believe I want you to listen to these they tell a story about the importance of faith and believing old man Wrigley lived in that white house down the street where I grew up Mama used to send me over with things, and we struck a friendship up. Spent a few long summers out on his old porch swing. Said he was in the war, went in the Navy. Lost his wife, lost his baby. Broke when I asked him one time, how you keep from going crazy. He said, I'll see my wife and son in just a little while. I asked him what he meant, and he looked at me and smiled. And he said, I raise my hands and I bow my head. I'm finding more and more truth in the words written and read. They tell me that there's more to life than just what I can see. Oh, I believe. A few years later, I was off at college talking to mom on the phone one night, getting all caught up in all the gossip, ins and outs of the small town life. She said, oh, by the way, son, old man Wrigley's died. And later on that night, I laid there thinking back, thought about a couple of long lost summers I didn't know whether to laugh or to cry if there was ever anybody deserved a ticket to the other side it'd be that sweet old man who looked me in the eye and said I raise my hands and bow my head I'm finding more and more truth in the words written and read they tell me that there's more to life than just what I can see I can't quote the book the chapter or the verse you can't tell me it all ends in a slow ride in a hearse you know, I'm more and more convinced the longer that I live. Yeah, this can't be. No, this can't be. No, this can't be all 
there is. Lord, I raise my hands and bow my head. Oh, I'm finding more and more truth in the words written and read. They tell me there's more to this than just what I can see. I believe. Oh, I believe. I believe. And Jesus, as he's going through his life and as he's speaking his words, even poses the question to the disciples, will you believe? And that's what I want us to think about this morning. Will we, will we listen? Will we obey? Will we believe the words written in red? They are words that give life. They are words that give hope. They are words that give meaning to everyday occurrences in the world we live in. We don't take our shots from anybody else. We don't take calls from anybody else. But we have the marching orders from Jesus. And you know what I think he would say to us today? Stay close to me. Stay close. And stay so close that remember, I left you my spirit. Praise God for that. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome Peace is not the absence of trouble. It's the presence of Jesus. And that peace is what he leaves us. And that question that we have in front of us, just like the disciples did, will we believe those words? I encourage you with that today. If there's anything that we can do to make that walk deeper we want to help you with that together as we stand